can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. The song you just heard is God's Gonna Cut You Down by Johnny Cash, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Eric Thompson. Eric wrestled at Waverly Shell Rock, where he was a two-time Iowa High School State Champion. He also was a Fargo National Champion in freestyle in 2008. He was rated the nation's top heavyweight recruit by Intermat coming out of high school. Eric started his college career at Iowa State University before transferring to Grandview University, where he went on to win three NAIA national titles and was named the NAIA Wrestler of the Year in 2012. He took fifth place at the 2016 Olympic Trials while competing at the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. Eric is now an assistant coach at Arizona State. He's been around some of the best wrestlers in the nation and has a wealth of wrestling knowledge. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Eric Thompson. And then doing a lot of senior level stuff with Colton. Trying to get, keep all that stuff straight. Yeah. Yeah, just got the kids to bed and ready to do this. Yeah, awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, you are you um, – he made the – gosh, he made the world team. Yeah, right? and he yeah, just, and he's going to – and he's going to do the U23 world team as well, mm-hmm. so. Nice. Was yeah. that a driving factor for you to go down to Arizona State or uh, – It was definitely part of the decision, right? He's – uh. He's good. So, yeah. right. You want to go somewhere, you know, and it's not just him, it's the whole team, right? Like, you want to be in a place that has the, has the opportunity and the, um, you know, institutional and, uh, you know, the support in the community to, to win a national title, right? You don't, mm-hmm. you know, for me, you know, I've never really been, you know, too many places where, where we weren't winning. So, trying to, trying yeah. to keep that going. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, from Waverly to Grandview, <clears throat> then the Nittley Line Wrestling Club. Yep, that's right. Yeah. What about Lockhaven? You start. Lockhaven. You... Yeah. So that was the year I I was in a volunteer assistant with Lockhaven for a year. Um, it was fun. They had Thomas Haynes at heavyweight, who's who's pretty who's pretty freaking good too. Um, you know, it's just was ready to kind of move on after that year. Cause I, you know, for me too, I, I, you know, you think, you know, how many points in your life have you decided that you know it all? And you're kind of <laughs> like, frick man, I'm like standing there at the end of the year. And I was like, I don't really know what the hell I'm doing, you know? So going back to Penn state and learned a lot more, you know, kept my ears open a little bit more and my mind open to different things and learning a little bit more. Yeah. How different is it from NIA? you know, NAIA to, to division one, you know, um, you know, my experience in, in NAIA was, was a fairly, uh, you know, from what I've experienced at the division one level was a division one experience. You know, really? we, the way we trained, um, you know, the way we lived our lives, the way we trained in the off season, the places we competed, you know, outside of, and not really at Grandview, the biggest issue is trying to get people to wrestle us, you know, and they still go through it now, you know, trying to, trying to get some of those competition dates, 
you know, when I talked to Mitchell and Reedy. So, so that was about the only thing, but, you know, as, as far as coaching and stuff goes, you know, those guys are as high level as it gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what led you to Grandview in the first place? Um, Cause you know, you were yeah. at, you know, Iowa state at first. Yeah. So when I went to Iowa state, Kale was there. Um, and then Kale left after my freshman year and I stayed for another year with coach Jackson. Um, and it just, it wasn't a great fit for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, moving on was probably best, you know, um, I wasn't making like great decisions in my life. So, so kind of moving on to Grandview was, was a little bit better for me. Yeah. At and, the time. Yeah. And, and I feel like that is, it, and this is just my opinion, that is more so what happens. You know, a lot of people are nervous about the transfer portal and think people are just, it's like a free for all. It's the wild, wild West, you know, mm-hmm. but I hope my impression is that a lot of people are doing it for the right reasons. Maybe I'm an optimist, you know, but <laughs> Yeah. So in, in my experience so far for us, right, we haven't, we've had, we've had one or two kids leave, you know, but it was more of a situational thing. You Mm -hmm. know, I think if, if kids aren't in a good situation, it kind of gives them the option to, to move on or go do something else, you know, somewhere else. Whereas, you know, even, you know, when I was thinking about transferring out of Iowa State to Penn State, when Kale left originally, it was going to be mm-hmm. a year. And and that's just what it was. I was going to have to sit out for a year, um, you know, and, and that really for me wasn't, I don't know, it just seemed like such a tall task at the time, you know, in retrospect, what's a year? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, at the time when when your your whole career summed up in, in five years, you know, four or five years, you know, missing one of those years seems pretty, pretty big. Yeah. You probably would have lost a year of eligibility, right? So you yeah, only I, had then three yeah. years. Yeah. I would have had only three years left. Which is, you know, when you look at it, that's 25%. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, you lose, you start losing, you know, you know, you go, you lose so yeah, you figure 25% of your college wrestling career is just, you know, doesn't exist, but realistically it still would. Right. Because mm-hmm. you could still go to open tournaments. you could still train at the club, you know, but some of that stuff was like brand new, like training at the RTCs and, and just yeah. doing that. Like that was still like a pretty big jump, you know, to what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting point that, you know, we, we think it's just happens all the time or that's just like a big role now, but back, I mean, even yeah, 10, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. it wasn't the case. RTCs yeah. were new. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, and you know, and even then it was, uh, I mean, there was very few places far and in between that were having like, you know, RTCs and the idea that we see now where there's multiple guys training in a place and they're, they're specifically fundraising for athletes to be able to train there full time. You know, that's, that's like, you know, I remember at Iowa State, it was like kind of the my freshman year is the first year, and we had Dylan Long and uh, another guy. I can't, I cannot remember his name for the life of me, but it was great. You know, it was like, and I remember like that being such a huge advantage. Just another person, you know, because because that's the thing, like. You know, we, we just hired Vincenzo Joseph at Arizona state, which that's awesome. Right. Like I know Vincenzo and that's not only the only thing I know him and, and his character, who he is as a person and, and just his connection and how he can connect to kids. And that's just another person to possibly like say a kid just isn't feeling it with one of the coaches on staff or, you know, whatever, it's someone that they can 
can become friends with and confide in and see how they train every day and how they live their life and how they do things outside of the room. You know, Zahid Valencia, having him around full time, you know, guys, Anthony Valencia, Josh Shields, Josh Kramer, you know, those that's five guys that we have training, not including, you know, we have five women, six women training full time, mm-hmm. you know, that our guys get to see all the time. Like this is what it takes to be a world champion or this is what it takes to reach the highest pinnacle of our sport. This is how you have to train, you know, where that, you know, 10, 12 years ago, that didn't really exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, kind of, yeah. It was just out in Colorado it was kind of the big one. You know, you had the OTC out there and that was. I mean, really even it? guys then it was a lot of assistant coaches, mm-hmm. which I can't like, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, trying to, I mean, I can, but it's just, it's a really difficult idea to try and do those things simultaneously, you know, Mm -hmm. and and do them to the best of your ability. Right. Like if I'm trying to be a world level coach, like how, how can I be a, a high level trainer training full-time, you know, Mm -hmm. or really putting full effort to that kind of thing. Yeah. So what are you doing right now? You know, you're, you're an assistant coach there at Arizona state. What, what do you do like right now this month or like last month? What have you, what have you been up to? Yeah. So June 15th was the first day we could start contacting, um, saw kids who were going into their junior year. So a lot of phone calls, a lot of mm-hmm. talking, a lot of doing that stuff right now. And then, you know, we have our RTC. So we have all those people, we have 10, 10, 12 training athletes with Sunkist RTC. And then, you know, our college guys are around just making sure they're doing the right stuff and, and, and training and they're doing these things that we ask of them. And, and, and they have been, you know, I think, I think fourth place two years in a row has really started to get these guys, you know, this is what it takes. I have to, I have to keep going. I have to train harder. I have to get better, you know, a little bit of that. So, so that's kind of our, been our main focus this summer is trying to help these guys get better. And then um, I'll be going to, I've been going to the OTC um, to help Colton and then I'll be going to the world championships with Colton at the end of this month. Cool. And where's that at again? um belgrade serbia cool ever been i have not been to belgrade actually it's funny like so those guys were in italy i've been on that trip like three times <laughs> to the cadet where the cadet world championships were mm-hmm. i've been to that place like three times it's kind of crazy but it's just the trip i kind of ended up going on wrestling on training at and coaching mm-hmm. so it was kind of like it'll be cool to go to serbia and then he'll wrestle at the u23 world championships and ponte Vedra, spain in october cool so, wow yeah, man it'll be fun yeah that's gotta be i mean is that difficult to mix his like freestyle greco and uh you know folk style because you know no. october is not very far away from Mm-mm. you know wrestling scene. no you know, I kind of got here last year, October 1st, like right after the senior world championships. And I was like, kind of, you know, I told myself like, don't get excited. Don't get excited. Don't like jump in training, you know, with the, and, and I think we had Colton come back too early, you know, not that he struggled ever, you know, he had one loss last year. He did really, really well. And wrestled really well all year last year, but there was just times that I, you know, I think that we kind of, you know, and Zeke and I talked about it, just rushed him back a little too soon and, and giving guys more of a break after something like that, you know, cause it is hard, right. You, you mm-hmm. go from, you go from, you know, cause how many guys, you know, this summer, I don't, I'm trying to think of college guys on the world team, you know, Colton might be 
one of one of very few that are wrestling at the senior world championships and the U23 world championships, right? So I think with him being like one of those guys that is doing those things, you have to give him a bigger break as he comes back, you know, because and just just re-engage his mind, you know, to where, you know, when he comes back, he's excited to get on the mat and it's not like it's not rolling into one thing after another another, because you know, you push through through injuries all the time you push your little nicks and bruises and if you don't kind of take care of that stuff and, and get it better then it doesn't get better yeah did, did that happen to you ever did you ever get like some fatigue or some just some yeah where you yeah just like, there was one time the break i was like i want to say it was like my june my first year at grandview so i came in december and I didn't wrestle that second semester, but I trained like that whole summer. I was so pumped up to wrestle the, the upcoming year. I just trained all the way through that summer and like lifted and I was going hard all the time, all the time going hard. And we kind of got to like, I trained and I wrestled at Midlands and I didn't really give myself any days and I was just like going right. And, and I remember after Midlands then we had national duels and I remember national duels just like, you know, you start this overtrained thing where you start like drilling and, and it's not, it was like, it was Mitchell and Reedy gave me days off, but I just was like, nah, I got I got to try. Like, I can't, I can't miss a day, you know? And you start, start getting in your brain, start getting crazy and stuff. And I remember like going home to shell rock and just like doing hard stuff for no reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, just like, I, you know, you know, I, I can't miss a day and you know, things like that. And like, you go to drill to warm up and you're like, <sighs> Like you like can't like breathe for a second. You're like, holy cow, man, I'm in freaking trouble. But I mean, you get tough or, you know, but there was definitely, so we took, you know, just re- take some time off, take a couple of days off, you know, but don't, don't rush these guys. And, you know, cause it's either they want to do it or they don't, you know, with me, it was like, you know, Thompson, you have to take days off. Like do not work out. Don't do anything, you know, let your body recover, only come in for, you know, maybe a cold tub, hot tub thing, and then get out of here. Yeah. Which is worse, cold tub or hot tub? The, I, I mean, I love the cold plunge. I'm actually, mm-hmm. I actually just ordered one yesterday, an insulated <laughs> one. I'm going to put it up here on the second wall, like in the corner. I'm getting that tree taken out. Uh, so I'm nice. going to have a cold plunge in my backyard. <laughs> I, um, so, so I love the cold plunge, but our college guys cry about it. <laughs> really? That'd be, yeah, but it's it's not bad. I mean, I, I like it. I like I like how it makes me feel right, and and too like all the studies on it now about you know the kind of the benefits of like you know mental stress, mental fatigue, you know, just not even physically, just everything mentally. You know how how much better it wakes you up, what it does for you and stuff. So, yeah, are you a big research like guy? Do you, do you kind of research and get into that stuff? Uh, a little bit, not as much as I, I could or should. Right. But mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you aren't doing the cutting edge, then really, if you're not trying to push the boundaries and look into everything that can be done to win, then, you know, really, what, what are you doing out here? You know, cause I, and realistically at the end of the day, right. It's just, it's not really, it's just give these, give the kids an opportunity to have their best chance to win. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you don't do everything to help them do that, then you're kind of failing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. I mean, and you had some great coaches along the way to help you get you to win, yeah. you know, as well as you did. Rick Caldwell, Mitchell, oh, yeah. out, you know, Kale Sanderson. So oh, yeah. uh, what a group. 
Yeah, it was good, man. You learn a lot from those guys. You kind of take everything you can from each one of them. And, you know, I just, I'm like constantly, you know, I'm on the phone with Mitchell and, and, uh, coach Caldwell quite, quite often, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to ask them questions and just pick their brain about stuff. And Mm -hmm. most of it's, you know, a lot, some of it's wrestling, but most of it's just situational, right? Like, what do you guys think in this situation with this, that, and the other thing, like, how would you handle this? How would you handle that? You know, just that kind of stuff, you know, where, cause, cause kids have changed. Right. And and so have adults, right. I'm not like a big, like kids are different today. Right. Kids (laughs) are kids and they've been kids forever. Right. It's just trying to help the kids, you know, in the way that they can be helped. Cause I think, you know, in our, in our world, we tell kids like, Oh, you're not as tough as I used to be. You're not as what, (laughs) but, but if you look at wrestling today, how, how, you know, it's unrecognizable to 20 years ago. Mm -hmm unrecognizable like the kids are like you know when i was working at m2 and in uh in state college with david and mark like the stuff the techniques the the mental side all that stuff the stuff we had kids doing there when i was there and they still are doing it right because they're great but Mm -hmm. just the things we had doing like kind of just mind-boggling right Mm -hmm. just the maturity difference in some kids maturity difference and physically and mentally you know, I think kids and wrestling is in such a different place that it's, it's a, it is different, but it's, mm-hmm. it's not better or worse, but it's different. But wrestling, I mean, look, the proofs in the pudding, like these kids mm-hmm. can do things and wrestle in positions and, and they're wrestling in between the wrestlings better than it's ever been. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just look at the U-17s that just happened, you know. Exactly I mean, right, right. Team USA just kind of cleaned house. Like, yeah, like how many times, like, I mean, I'm sure like you watch those matches and it's just like, these guys could be 17 or 27, <laughs> but the only way you can tell a difference is they don't have facial hair. You know, some of those kids from overseas do, but right. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's like, it, you know, even, you know, some of the kids, you know, that are now kind of coming up that I coach, it's just like watching them. It's just crazy to see you know, their execution of techniques, their execution of, uh, of just like good mental health stuff with like, cause you went through it. I'm sure like you growing up in Iowa, it's like this thing. Like I, I just remember like trying to prove to myself and, and those around me that how upset I was when I lost where now mm-hmm. I'm like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. Dude, just wrestle, wrestle as hard as you can and see how good you can be. And none of this other stuff will matter. You know, when you want to wrestle well and you want to execute these things to like win, you'll do it because you'll feel the best you can feel and and, and you'll be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a, were, you, were you kind of a big, you know, when you lost, did it, did you take it hard? Especially, you know, like you got seventh yeah. as a freshman and then fifth as a sophomore, you know, in high school. Yeah. My, my freshman year, I was pretty pumped because I was like, not like I was okay in junior high. Like I, like I was good when I was a kid and then I got, I was, I got worse in junior high cause I like hated wrestling. I remember it. I hated it. And then I got to high school and I was kind of like, wow, if I work hard, I'm good. Like I'll be better. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you start to like, you know, it's just those level jumps of maturity for kids, right? Like maturity, maturity, maturity. You start mm-hmm. to like the harder I work, the better I get the harder I work, the better I get, you know, if I, whatever it is and however you quantify it in your brain to make it okay. Like you start doing these things and you have no fear and you just kind of wrestle the better you are. Right. Um, so I remember like my freshman year, I was pumped. I was like, hell yeah, dude, I'm on my, I'm good. I can wrestle with these guys. 
my sophomore year when I got beat in the semis, I was like crushed. I remember being so mad and like devastated. I broke my hand. I was like just upset, you know? So kind of as I got older, I wanted to be more like I talk about now, but it was still hard to break those habits of Mm -hmm. not being not violently, but just really upset, right? Just really mad at yourself and and just kind of like, you know, I was never a big like, you know, I don't have this. I don't have that. I was more like, why aren't you better? Why don't you do this things? Like, you know, mm-hmm. just being 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 upset, you know. Um so, but that's also why I didn't train for another quad. Mm-hmm. You know, I just like couldn't. I was like 26 years old and I was like I get so mad when I lose. I was 27. I get so mad when I lose that this is like, what is the point of all this? Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't really enjoy it. So, yeah. So you broke your hand after your semifinals match or sophomore? No, I didn't break okay. it. I broke it in the match. I like had like a cross wrist and I picked up his ankle and I went to like put, take it across and my hand punched like straight down. And I spiral fractured it. And I was like, I like stood up and all three of these fingers were like, like this way. Yeah. Like they all popped out. And I was like, I was like, Ooh, Ooh. And then I remember the trainer came out and you know, so like, you like think like trainer at the state tournament, right? I'm pretty sure all these kids were like Drake medical, like Drake medical students or like Mm -hmm. first year athletic training (laughs) students. This kid's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I can do this. And he like grabs my fingers and he pops them back in. And he was like, Oh, does it feel way better? And I was like, No, it still hurts really bad. <laughs> and he was like touching my hand. He's like, oh, I don't feel anything. And we get back to the like I ended up losing. We get back to the hotel. And it was me, Coach Caldwell, and his wife, who <laughs> Christy's like the greatest, you know, the call. I could never thank Coach Caldwell enough for everything he did for me. <laughs> You know, he's just tremendous coach, tremendous, like positive male role model in my life, you know, and, and she, Christy's like touching my hand and she just like pushes up and down on the back part. And it, my mm-hmm. hand, like, like I could feel the bone, like slide. <laughs> and she was like, his hand broke it. <laughs> and Rick's like, Rick's like, no, it's not. It's fine. And I just remember like, they were like, kind of like arguing in front of me. And I was like, I'm going to wrestle. But I want out of this room right now. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, so I, it was fine. We taped it up and I ended up getting, I got, I was beating a kid from West Des Moines Valley and I ended up like getting rolled through. And I was like, got pinned. And I was like, no way did I have a broken hand and I just got pinned in this freaking match. Mm-hmm. And then I wrestled for fifth place and won. But I was like, so mad and distraught. But. Mm-hmm. It was like it's like 16 year old right that's <laughs> what they do weren't the duels the week after then back then yeah too? So, did- so i i didn't do wrestle at duels it was oh, like no. i was like after my fifth place match he, he the kid was like grabbing my hand and i was like okay like ow 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 and i got in the back and i threw up and i was like i need to have like a doctor look at this and the doctor so like it was like tangled on my nerve and my hand and they're like, yeah, we got to get this fixed like now. So yeah. I had surgery like immediately the next morning. Oh, dang. Cause were the consolation semifinals the same day as the placement matches too. So you so, wrestled twice. I wrestled in the semis and I got beat. And then I wrestled the consolation semis like directly afterwards Okay, that night. And I was like, 
I like remember in my mind being like, dude, freaking get tough here and let's like do this. Let's just get third and, and get the heck out of here. Mm-hmm. And I got caught and pinned and I was like, what the frick? What just happened? And the next morning I woke up and I was like, so just upset. I was like, oh my gosh. All right. I'm going to go break somebody right now. <laughs> How big yeah, was man. your hand the next day? Cause I, I've broken my hand. Uh, like right in here, I had the boxer fracture, you know? Yeah. And, and it swelled up and I couldn't, you know, oh, yeah. I can't imagine wrestling. Yeah. They like, uh, what he did was one of the, one of, uh, somebody was a doctor. Somehow a doctor was there. And what we did was put hard plastic. Over, it was huge. It was like this big, right? Like it's so <laughs> swollen. And we put hard plastic over the top of it. And we taped it like seriously five minutes before the match. And I had like, I was like tears in my eyes. I was mm-hmm. like, and I couldn't like squeeze with it at all. And I was kind of just, I look like Roman Bravo young before mm-hmm. Roman Bravo young. Right. I was yeah. like, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, like hiding it. And I rubbed, yeah. I rubbed the kid for like two periods. I was like, I'm not like trying to fight here. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, it hurt. Yeah. Jeez. And so then your junior, you come back, you win it for the first time. How satisfying is that? It was good. It was, yeah. you know, I mean, that's one thing like probably in my wrestling career, you know, one of the more times of just like, and it's not like a, a healthy feeling, but relief. Right. Like, just like, thank God this finally happened, you know, which like, it's just like, just relief and and just excitement and just happy to, I remember too, I was like, I was cutting a lot of weight to make 215 to my junior year. And I was like, maybe I'll just wrestle heavyweights, the duels. Coach Paul was like, yeah, will you? (laughs) Really? (laughs) I made 215. Yeah. Oh, you did anyway. You still made 215. Oh yeah. Well, I still had to, I mean, we were actually pretty good, but we got second at state in the traditional state. And then we got beat by freaking Iowa city West at state duels too. Dang. But it was fun. Yeah. Got him the next year. Yes. Yes. The next year. And then that that's the year you pinned James Ferentz in the finals. Yep. Was that, yep. was that pretty cool? You know, cause you were I, mean, I mean, did you even really care those, you know, was nah, I, I mean, in my mind, it didn't really make that big of a difference. Um, you know, it was, it was more so, it was just like, I was like, so just ready to be done with high school wrestling and like move on to Iowa state and like start mm-hmm. going, you know, that in my brain, I was like, nah, whatever. Like, let's, mm-hmm. let's bl- blow this team points thing out of the water and keep on rolling. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy, man. It was like a lot of, a lot of like fun my mm-hmm. senior year you know, with the kid, the guys we had and, and the kids and just the the commitment from the community and stuff. And now you see like Waverly, you know, 15 years later and they're still freaking killing it and they're good. And mm-hmm. it was cool. Yeah. Do you think anyone will touch that points record? Um, I don't know, man. That's a lot of points. Yes. Well, I feel like other teams have been close. Wasn't Ballard pretty close, but I mean, that's two A, so the really count. <laughs> Oh, really? I t- so I'm real good friends with Kaufman, Nick Kaufman. I tell him yeah. that stuff all the time. Yeah. Which, you but know, it's kind of true in a way. Like, it, I don't know what it is like now, but I remember when I was in high school, even like, I felt like 1A was even tougher. 
than than two A at the time. And mm-hmm. I might be wrong, but I just felt like like Don Bosco was really good my senior yeah. year. Mm-hmm. They're really good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, those people that were winning state titles in 1A could have very been easily been winning them in 2A too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's part of it too. It's just like I just always thought like I mean, I think Ballard, I don't even know who would have gotten second. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. for us, it was like a real team race every year, you know. Yeah. With, with Iowa City West, us, um who else was in there? Trying to think like I mean, now that I say it out loud, I can't even <laughs> Those concussions are stacking up. Yeah, dude. yeah. Well, no, but, I don't blame you because it was it was normally the team race to watch was you and Iowa City West and yeah, Bettendorf. I, mean, I think was in there. Bettendorf. Yeah, Bettendorf was always in there. Bettendorf. Um, trying to think of who else was in there. But there are some other schools. Iowa City West, like not Waterloo. Waterloo West was good when I was a kid, but I, I mean they weren't very good. Cedar Falls was okay. Um, you know, but Waverly's small. Like I only I graduated with 170 kids in my grade. Really? Like I think their classes are 150 kids. That seems small for 3A. Yeah. So they're right, like right there might be this. I think my senior year, we're the smallest 3A school. Jeez, yeah, that makes sense. 150 is a small kid. I mean, my wife graduated from Davenport North. And had like uh, four, like 400, like 450. Yeah. I mean, Iowa City West, I remember when I was in high school, they were like, they needed a new high school then because they said they were <laughs> like, and there was like 550 kids in a grade. Jeez. And you guys are just pumping them out and still kind of taking them to school. Well, it's just like <laughs> that. It's that like, you know, small town. You know, I remember like as I was kind of graduating high school, they had like, 25 boys in every grade wrestling mm-hmm. you know you start you start putting that together you know 12 grades times 25 you know mm-hmm. or like that's like 350 kids wrestling for right. a town of of 8,000 people is that all it is 8,000 yeah it might be bigger now mm-hmm. I don't really know was there any push to go to Wartburg no no I didn't want to no. um no, there wasn't really. I kind of like at my time, I just needed to get away from from my hometown. Yeah, you know, just you know, kind of get around, get around other people and stuff, and just do my own thing. You know, mm-hmm. Grandview was awesome. I loved Mitchell and Reedy. You know, yeah. they were, like I, I've know, I'd known them since I was like in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. You know, they were at Warburg when I was a kid, and they would come. I remember Mitchell ran. So in the spring, like when high school coaches can't run practices. Mm-hmm. we would Mitch or coach Paul would hire like two guys from Warburg or two guys from you and I to come run workouts at Waverly. And I remember like in fifth grade wrestling Mitchell and being like the same size as him. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. were, you just, were you just like always kind of just a bigger kid, like always wrestling? Oh, yeah. No? Yeah. I was, I was like usually one or two weight classes down from the biggest weight class. Yeah. So never like the biggest really, but like kind of right close there. Mm-hmm. How much weight were you cutting your sophomore year to get to 215? And why, why'd you, yeah, your junior year. Yeah. And why'd you do it? It was better for our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I was like 250 during football, 245, 250 during football. Mm-hmm. And we sucked. So, like, 
two weeks, like three, four weeks left in the season. I started cutting weight. <laughs> so I was like, you know, you start like being like, all right, this is terrible. We're bad. Let's mm-hmm. start getting down to weight for a season. You know, and I was wrestling. I was still wrestling during football season and stuff. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But yeah, I was probably, you know, probably every we'd have a duel on Thursday or Friday and then tournament Saturday, like on Sunday nights, like Monday mornings, I'd be like 228, 229. Mm-hmm. So 15 pounds, 14, 15 pounds, sometimes heavier, sometimes Jeez. lighter. Jeez. That's that's quite a bit, you know? Yeah. And that was when schools could contact you like fall of your junior year or something. I don't even remember when they could do it. Maybe it was like after, after your junior year or something. But I remember like they could text us. It wasn't quite a rule yet that they couldn't text us. And all these college coaches were asking me if I was 97 or heavyweight. And I was like, I'm heavyweight dude. I'm never cutting weight again. Now you start like tapping. I was like, I'm out of this. We mm-hmm. cut and stuff. Yeah. I just looked. So Clark Fisher was your heavyweight, your senior, yep. your junior year. Um, yeah. What they just didn't have a 215 pounder that could step I mean, in. Or... I, I don't know. I didn't really ask. I just kind of did what I was told. Oh, okay. You know, it was like, it was like Thompson, you're wrestling 215. That made it for Fargo that year and stuff. And, you know, I probably could have went heavyweight. I don't really know. I think mm-hmm. I just, I think that's just what Coach Caldwell told me to do. And I was like, <laughs> all right, sounds good. Let's how, do it. How difficult of a transition is it from 215 to heavyweight? Because, like, going from, you know, 125 to 130 or 135, like that's not that yeah. big of a deal. There, let's be there was some, there were some moments, right? Like there were some moments when it was like hard that like, I would just like fire off shots and like traditionally just strong enough to pull them. In, especially at 215. I remember like, I could like shoot be fully extended, start to turn and pull a leg in, you know, some things like that. Um, you know, so kind of making that transition to like, Hey dude, let's not take any more shots where you're fully extended and get like sprawled out underneath people because it sucks down there. So uh just just kind of those kind of things, you know, but really you make those adjustments kind of in real time and quickly. Um, you know, when you're doing it and you just you figure it out. But you know, it's always, you know, by the time end of my senior year, I, I felt like I had a pretty good handle on it. Um, you know, especially like when I went to like some when I'd wrestle kids in college and I was a I was a heavyweight it was harder because I remember I wrestled at a college open my senior year of high school and I won but I was like in some heaters with kids I was like this kid is not good but I was like this is a tough match like I was like in it you know that was that was really hard um but you know kind of just you just figure it out you know what you can and can't do but wrestling's all the same mm-hmm. along most things but there is some aspects to it of like you know just game in the system things like that yeah yeah so what what um what's your role now on the team you know as an assistant coach like what what exactly so, is your you know is your role yeah so i pretty much handle like 174 and up mm-hmm. um here and work with those guys primarily and then i do you know office stuff that nobody cares about right like, but you like, gotta do like what uh so i handle like our our uh all our video stuff 
um, that we do, you know, scouting, film retention. You know, I we get a couple of college kids that we hire um, that handle all that stuff. And then I do a lot of our community outreach things, um, hmm. community outreach programs, things where our guys are going into high schools and reading books and spending time with kids, free clinics, things like that, going to places, um, you know, providing opportunities, cleaning up parking lots, cleaning up football games, um, handing out food, collecting food. Uh, Yeah. That kind of stuff that are, I kind of set all that up for our guys, um, you know, with the help of ASU, obviously Mm -hmm. they kind of provide opportunities and I'm like, all right, we'll send three, four guys over there. Yeah. I call our guys and decide he's going to do it. But for the most part, um, that kind of stuff. And then recruiting too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite part? You know, do you like the recruiting or, you know, is there. Yeah. Recruiting's fine. I like, I like recruiting, you know, I like connecting with kids and, you know, it's kind of fun now to, you know, every, I feel like every kid I've asked a transcript for every kid's a 4.0 student. So I think with wrestling now it's like, if you're good on the mat, you're good in the classroom, Mm -hmm. you know, you're good socially. That's like a recipe for, to be great. Right. So Mm -hmm. I've kind of seen the change in that where, you know, and obviously there's outliers, but I haven't gotten a transcript that's bad yet. (laughs) You you know, nothing, nothing too crazy, but you know, kids are fun. They're fun to talk to. It's fun to get to know people and their families and, and kind of like, you know, they've all been, very open and they're nice kids and they're kids that I want to be around. Right. So Mm -hmm. hopefully just, just got to get them to come to ASU now. Yeah. Do they, do they, are they concerned with accolades of like, you know, when you go in and say, I'm Eric Thompson, do they go, Oh man, I know you or (laughs) do they care about that? Most of the time, um, you know, I, I, I don't really tell them my accolades just because I don't care about my accolades, Mm -hmm. Um, but I probably should say stuff about it more often because I'm sure it does matter, Uh, you know, but I just, I have a hard time saying it, to be Mm -hmm. honest with you, Mm -hmm. like just saying it to kids, but, but I mean, we have a pretty decorated coaching staff, so I'd rather talk about them Mm -hmm. and then talk about, you know, and then talk about myself. Uh, you know, so I think I talk about, you know, how, how great Zeke is and, and, you know, Frank being a 2016 Olympian and Mm -hmm. and freaking being one of the toughest dudes on the planet and coach Mm -hmm. Prince with 20 years of coaching experience, you know, and, and coaching a lot of really, really, really high level guys throughout the entire time at some places that don't have high level guys. Mm -hmm. So the, the proof's in the pudding, you know? So I think for me, just trying to you know, continuously talk about, you know, what they do and, and how they do it and stuff. And mm-hmm. that's kind of my, my spiel. Yeah. What, what's the wrestling like down there, you know, in in Arizona versus back here in Iowa and all over yeah. the coast, you know, I'm sure you go to California and all that too. So. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of good kids, you know, um, I can't comment like specifically on specific programs, but there's some programs here that are just out of this world, right. That are just like, second to none the biggest issue with arizona is they have a lot of classes i think they have six maybe six classes or five Mm -hmm. classes six classes i think and it's just it's a little overwhelming to kind of get through all those kids um but there's there's good wrestlers down here and and too like that's california 
you know, it's a lot of people, a lot mm-hmm. of kids, you know, but and I find myself looking in Iowa and the Midwest and stuff, you know, it doesn't really matter where they're from. You know, they can, if, if I think if we, a lot of times, if we can get kids to seriously consider Arizona state and they come here and they look at it, you know, this is the place to be, you know, mm-hmm. we have a lot of really good things. And then on top of that, you know, you can live a lifestyle that, you know, 300 and 340 days of sunshine, 350 mm-hmm. days of sunshine, you know, where that's, that's hard to beat. You know, if you think about wrestling programs in the country, there's not many of them and there, there's none that are as high level as us that are in a place like this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it seems like they, they've really been on the incline, you know, over the last 10, 15 years, you know, they used to not be much of a factor when, when we were growing up, you know, it wasn't. No, much, no. Um, so like, like, when Zeke took the job eight years ago, they got 66th or 65th at the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, Arizona State won a national title in 1988. So it, it can be done here and it, and it mm-hmm. can happen. You know, we have the support and the people and the kids in place now to, to kind of do those things, to have a really good year and to have a lot of fun and get a lot of wins and be competitive with the best teams out there. You know, so, so we have those things just trying to get it all right and together and make Mm -hmm. it click and stuff, you know? Yeah. What do you think of the, so the state of the PAC 12 now, you know, USC, UCLA is leaving, like, does that mess with the wrestling programs at all? Now that they're, I I mean, it'll be interesting to kind of see how that plays out. You know, I, I have no idea what's going on. I'd mm-hmm. rather not ask and not know, right? Mm-hmm. Than than know and have to say I don't. But um, you know, it'll be, you know, it's all kind of dictated by football, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and we're at the at the uh behest of what they decide to do or you know, whatever the uh you know, our AD, our AD Ray Anderson's this decides to do it. But hopefully the Pac twelve can stay together and, and stick it out and add some people and we get some more wrestling programs and mm-hmm. keep it rolling. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I'd like to see that. I like, um, Oregon would be cool to have them come back. I know they used to have a program, but yeah, I'll, I will say one of the sickest singlets is Arizona state. They have some pretty sweet singlets down there. Yeah. We got a bunch of them, man. We have like seven singlets. <laughs> it's awesome. Trying to get, trying to get everyone on the same page to like what singlet we're going to wear is always like the, the real trick of it all. <laughs> really? So who chooses that? Now, um our director of ops does a lot, but also mm-hmm. I think our guys talk to him. I don't yeah. really know. Yeah. Kind of let that kind of let that one fly by me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Waverly has some pretty sweet singlets nowadays, you know? Yeah. That seems to be I kind mean, of the cool thing now. It is. It is. I mean, we have, you know, we have, we do have some cool stuff, right? Like, you know, few, few cooler color options than, than, uh, than our colors, right. They're pretty Mm -hmm. sweet. And like with the forks and and sparky and stuff, you know, that kind of stuff can be very, very cool. So trying Mm -hmm. to, trying to make all that work, but yeah, that's the thing, man. Right. It's like, hopefully, you know, Adidas just kind of released our, the robes that we're going to do this year. So hopefully Mm -hmm. that'll be pretty sweet and it'll look cool. So pumped up about that um you know kind of just moving through some of that stuff where mm-hmm. where it looks cool yeah you know? and, and that's not really what you know for me personally i don't really think twice about that stuff and i don't you know mm-hmm. i'd wear i'd wrestle in a pair of t-shirts and shorts if they're up to me but yeah what do you think about the the like spandex and the shirt combo yeah 
Yeah, that's kind of coming back. I mean, we'll see what schools kind of do with it. It's funny, like uh, it's like this easy fix of like how do you, how do you get more kids wrestling? You you make it t-shirt, you make it spandex shirt and spandex pants. Like oh, that'll fix it. Like it's just it, I don't know that that's stopping kids. I, I'm sure it's not helping bring kids out more, but I don't know. I think I feel like wrestling would look weird without a singlet, but also that's kids no. wrestling. And if you decided to do that, I think that'd be fine too. But I think college, I think our guys they like it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if maybe we'll do something like that this year. I don't know. Yeah. You know, thinking about Arizona state and one issue that might, they might have as a program is they always have to travel, Yeah, you know, to get some good wrestling in, you know, like, yeah, we go, around- we go a lot, man. We go a lot, but it, it, it's fun too. Right. Mm-hmm. Like what's more fun than a college kid than being a college kid and getting on a plane, like back to back weekends, you know, mm-hmm. and like going. and we, and we have a lot of like science behind our training. So if say a flight really affects a kid or something, then we'll track that. We'll, we'll track that and we'll, we'll make sure that he feels good when he competes, you know, it's, it's just about managing that stuff, but it's fun too. Yeah. That's interesting that you bring that up. That adds like almost a whole nother element, you know, people flying and, if they get sick, if they're scared, I mean, there's a lot of other moving parts that go into traveling across multiple time zones. I mean, trying to get, trying to get 25 people on the same page to show for a flight. No, we don't have any trouble with that. Our guys are good. They do a good job. You know, like this year, we, I don't think we had a single person oversleep for a flight or anything Mm -hmm. like that. You know, I mean, that's one thing too. It's like, you know, you want these kids to kind of grow up and be adults and stuff but you know some like we you know we do a lot for them but also it's like grow up dude check in for your flight Mm -hmm. you have everything you need prac ahead of time remember your shoes remember your single your headgear because if you forget them we're going to dicks and you're gonna have to wear (laughs) something that doesn't fit right you don't like and it won't be fun or Mm -hmm. it's like i only you know just just time to grow up boys Mm-hmm. you know but it's it's been fun it's like you know just kind of watching kids progress over a year of doing that it's it's cool mm-hmm. you know and, and too like our younger guys asking our older guys questions like you know we have a great uh cohesiveness cohesiveness on our team so mm-hmm. and great leaders and nice kids uh you know that that's been fun to kind of see them take younger guys under their wing and help them kind of bring, do the right things and, and pack right, which it seems like <laughs> such a small thing, but it like, it freaking matters. If you have a pair of shoes you like and you want to wear when you compete and you don't have them, it's like, that sucks. Yeah, And it, and it may not matter, but it sticks in your brain a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. How do we get more programs to come down to Arizona state? Cause I never see really anybody wanting or not, maybe not wanting, but traveling to Arizona state to wrestle you guys. Yeah, we have, you know, this teams that come or the teams that come and the teams that don't tell us that we'll see you next year. You know, I mean, we do have trouble kind of getting people to come out here and they'd say it's the travel, but it's like, I mean, we do it and we got fourth in the country, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't do it once a year. So I think some of it too is like, you know, a lot of these teams have conference obligations, you know, whatever they have you know, trying to get them to come out here and stuff is, it, it has been difficult, but you know, we do have a great home schedule with like Missouri, Lehigh, Ooh. um, Stanford, Cal Poly, 
Oregon state, you know, mm-hmm. all these teams, you know, every, we have those teams that some of them have to come. Some of them do come like Iowa state was supposed to come down last year. Um, but we had it canceled because of COVID, but we're coming to Iowa state this year. Really? Yep. So that'll be fun. Is that the first time you'll be coaching back in this area? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be the first time I'm back. Yeah. Coaching uh-huh. against Iowa state. So it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have a lot of family come. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'll have to, I have to remember the day. I think it's like January. We'll be mm-hmm. up there. And then, you know, like for us, like we're, we're wrestling Cornell on, or we're wrestling a few schools on different like cards and stuff, you know, trying to, some of that stuff is like advancing wrestling, you know? Mm-hmm. So trying to figure some of those things out. Yeah. Are you talking kind of similar to what you did with Michigan last year? <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we, you know, I think we're kind of working towards something like that. I'm not sure who, what, when, or where, um, but that'd be something that was pretty, that was, I mean, that was, that kind of sucked, right? But it'll be cool, right? It'll be Mm -hmm. fun and it'll be good, so. Yeah, I think like the idea was there, you know, just, it seemed like it just unfortunately fell apart at the last moment. It was still good wrestling. There was, there was still some good wrestling there, but yeah, I mean, it was yeah that did kind of stink, but it was still good, man. It was like it was tough because you want to see guys compete, you want to see them wrestle each other, and, and we were excited for a lot of those matches too, right? It's not like we were like it's so funny, like people acted like we were making executive decisions about how to hold guys back and stuff. Like, dude, we flew all the way to Austin to wrestle, <laughs> not to watch our guys sit on the bench, you know? Yeah, and how much of that? plays into whether or not you wrestle somebody like rest or they're bumped up and, or they're bruised. And you're like, you know, we don't need to rest. Like, is that, are people making that a bigger deal than what it actually is? I mean, I think right now, and and you'll see guys talk about this and like the current state of wrestling, like if you have a really, really good guy, and and they've kind of secured, you know, where they're going to like, what's the matter if they wrestle or don't wrestle. Like, which isn't like, I mean, my thought personally, like I want guys freaking competing, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, if you think about it cognitively, like just kind of look at the situation, you know, but I think for us, you know, we want guys to compete all the time if they're healthy and they can do it then we'll wrestle, but if they're banged up and stuff. There's, there's really, you know, and there's a lot going on, you know, and to the, like, you know, there's a lot you know, these kids have families, they have things happening, you know, good and bad things happening in their lives that, you know, it's still their life. So you still have to, you know, respect those things and give them time if they need time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes that gets lost the student athlete part, you know, they only think of them as an athlete and they forget the student and also the person, you know, like this is a human being on the, this is a human being on the planet that is like going through the same things you went through when you're 17, but that's impossible. Right. It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. People have a lot to say, you know, which is good. Right. That's part of like becoming a sport, but it's, it's, it's always funny. It mm-hmm. always makes me like, always makes me giggle. Yeah. What, what, what kind of major hurdles did you have to overcome besides the broken hand? Um, you know, I think for me, it's just my, my own personal poor decision-making at a young age, you know, just kind of, kind of growing up, um, you know, and, and really understanding the scope of, 
of life and our decisions and how those affect those around us, how it affects yourself. You know, I think for me, that was a huge growing up point, right? Just that, that whole process of growing up and, and what we do affects us and affects people around us. You know, for me, I think that was big and, um, you know, I don't know that I had too many hurdles. I, I always, you know, for me, I loved wrestling, man. I, mm-hmm. I loved competing. I loved every aspect of it. You know, I just wanted to go wrestle and, and wrestle all the time and, and do those things. So it wasn't necessarily always, wasn't too difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people out there have that issue of, I mean, I had that issue obviously growing up, like when I was 18, 19, I was young and stupid and yeah, making poor decisions. Like, yeah. It's almost- we're, we're all we're all kind of going through a process right of like who we are and who we are on this planet and accepting who we are you know just a lot of like which sound like goofy and crazy things which maybe like 30 years ago people didn't think about but you know we live in a much more cerebral society now where you know it, it where it's not it's not always easy to accept yourself but you you know kind of doing that you know because you see you know, social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, why don't I have what they have and vice versa, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like this, this highlight reel of, of your life. Right. Like I, I you know, I, I, and just being happy with what you have isn't always easy, but mm-hmm. you grow up and you, you kind of get excited about it. Right. Yeah. You know, I can tell you, we have, I look at this Christmas picture we have in our family room and I can tell you like 10 minutes after that, there was a total meltdown for both my kids and the car dogs barking, just get me home. You know what I mean? It's like that. The picture's great, but I'm telling you the aftermath, I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah. Some of that stuff, right. Where it's like, that was cool, but you know, just kind of figuring that stuff out. But I think for me, like kind of getting there and understanding that, that, you, you know, Casey Cunningham told me one time that he says to his kids all the time, you get what you get, you don't throw a fit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, so that's like true for a lot of things in your life. And, and it, you're either going to be like a whiner about it, or it's going to be okay. And we're going to move forward. And it's gonna, <laughs> you're going to freaking do it. Mm-hmm. You know, positive attitude goes a long way, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think for me, that's, that's been my, in the last like four or five years, you know, being around some of the guys I was around, like a Kyle Snyder, David, you know, Zane, um, you know, even my, my, one of my really good friends, Mark McKnight, they're just like some of the most positive people that take from anybody who's willing to like give them like advice or things to say, like things they have that say, you know, and you kind of, you know, just watching them interact and, you know, and, and just understanding some of the stuff they do and why they do it. It has mm-hmm. been, it was really enlightening for me. And, you know, they always are like, all right, let's go, man. You know, no matter how crappy or shitty the situation is just being excited to, to get to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you just spoke about your family. How difficult is it to be a division one coach with a family? Like, are you gone a lot? I mean, yeah, especially I mean, with you being in Arizona State, you like we talked about, you guys have to travel a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mark it down, but I, I'd imagine I was gone at least 120 days. You know, since I've gotten to Arizona in October. Mm-hmm. But you know, for me, <clears throat> you know, when I married my wife and I, I found my partner and stuff, and 
it was kind of always part of the plan, right? But there's definitely times that are easier than others and times that are harder than others, you know, to leave and, and be gone and stuff. But, you know, for me, I think the reason I wanted to do this is so I could help kids, right? And and I think like in a weird like circle of life type thing, you know, I help these kids, you know, it gives me fulfillment. I'm a better father. I'm a better husband because of the things I'm, I'm able to give to, to kids and be thankful to be around my family when I'm around them, you know, when I get the chance once in a while, but you know, not, I would never complain about the opportunities, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but there's definitely moments where it gets tough, you know, you miss things or you're not here for stuff. And it's like, all right, that kind of stinks, but it's all right. It's, I mean, what are you going to, if I wanted to do something else, I'd go do something else, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else would you do? <laughs> I don't know. Sell cars. <laughs> really? Sell cars? <laughs> uh, no, I was joking. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know what else I would do, to be honest. It's funny. My wife and I, we were talking about that mega millions. Did you see that? It was like at 1.2 billion. And yeah. I never, I never buy lottery tickets and I, I bought $20 worth the other night and we were like sitting on the couch, just talking about like, what would you do? And Sarah's like, I'd uh, maybe still like work twice a week or something. <laughs> I'm like, would we buy a new house? Like, would we do these things? She's like, so when we moved to Arizona, gas prices started going up mm-hmm. and she was driving further for her job and she had a Ford expedition. I was like, Hey, you know, the expedition's got to go. Right. And she mm-hmm. was like, I know. I know. She was like, I would get my expedition back. I was like, you get your 2017 Ford expedition back. I was like, when 1.2 billion, she goes, yes. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's my situation, but it's just, you know, I, I, and she's like, would you quit your job? And I, I mean, I don't know that I would, um, you know, this is what I'd want to do, but I don't really know, man. I don't know what else I would do if I, you know, if if I get, if I stink at my job and I had to go do something else, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. How involved are you guys, um, with the Sunkiss kids down there? Yeah. So that's kind of the, the other job, right. Is Mm -hmm. RTC stuff, but we're blessed enough to have Mark Perry, Mm -hmm. um, as our full-time RTC coach and he's great. He does a great job, you know? So he kind of alleviates that pressure of like feeling like, you know, I uh, like, and and to be honest, I'm always there. Frank's always there. Zeke's there. Pritz is there. You know, we have people we work with, you know, but if we weren't, it'd still be okay. Cause he's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, he's one of the best brains in wrestling. And so it's like, you know, it's been kind of cool to be, it's been very cool to be around him and pick his brain and, and learn from him as well, you know, but, you know, we do a lot of stuff for Sunkiss and a lot of stuff with Sunkiss. So mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. That's really starting to blossom into a, a big name down there. Yeah. We're getting there, man. It's just got to keep it rolling and keep yeah. going and, 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 you know, trying, you know, that's what it is. Sometimes like you're talking on the, like Arizona States on the incline, just keep, keep on the incline right mm-hmm. or, you know just keep going you know and it's can't grab you know it's like anything like it's like golfing almost you can't grab too tight and swing you know otherwise it's going to go wherever it might go you know just kind of staying present enjoying the process you know i think a lot of times we talk you know frank does a lot of our mindset stuff when we talk about just enjoying it enjoying mm-hmm. all these things and you know i think for, that's for the college kids but i think about it a lot for myself like don't get too crazy man just stay <laughs> 
<laughs> stay on the path, right? Stay, stay going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do a lot of golfing down there? I have not, you know, I got a two year old and a four year old. So golfing's not on the top priority, but there <laughs> right. I've gone a couple of times. It's pretty crazy. There's yeah. some places out here that are just absolutely insane. Yeah. You know, and we're, we're lucky enough to have some, some pretty important people around us and they, they'll get us onto some places that are like nuts, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, even like our, like ASU's golf course is, is, uh, was created by Phil Nicholson. What? Really? Yeah. <sighs> hmm. Yeah. Cause you're in, you're, do you live in Phoenix? So technically I do live in Phoenix. I live, mm-hmm. so like Phoenix is like here, like most yeah. of it's kind of here. Tempe's here. Okay. And then there's a, there's like a mountain range that kind of comes across here. Mm-hmm. And I okay. kind of live on the, on the bottom side of that. Okay. I'm like 20 minutes from, from ASU. Okay. But I mean, there's, there's 8 million people here. So oh, yeah. You could, yeah. yeah, you could live anywhere in the surrounding area. It's, you know, but they've done a good job with like the highway system as the city's grown that it's 20, 30 minutes to get most places. Nice. That's a big deal. You know, like growing up and living near Cedar Rapids, I know it's a bad example, but man, it was, <laughs> it was terrible. Like, but then we moved out here to Omaha and this, the, yeah, the highways are so they're better. It makes sense, right? It makes yeah. sense. Like they're like, oh, we're going to be a bigger city. Like, so we got to make these plans and put in place some of this stuff and make the right roads wider and things like that. So, yeah, it's kind of nice. You know, I'm like, I'm probably 18 miles from the university. It probably takes me 18 to 25 minutes every day. Perfect. Perfect. Can't beat it. You know, I need that. I need that time to call kids before I come home to chaos, a little bit of chaos. <laughs> yeah. My, my son wanted to wrestle me and fight me and stuff. So <laughs> really, <laughs> oh yeah, he's a free loon. <laughs> How did you wind up at Arizona state? So I've known Frank since I went to Penn state, um, mm-hmm. in 2013. Um, and then we both left in 2016 and he went to Virginia tech and I went to, <laughs> excuse me. I went to lock Haven. Um, you know, we just kind of stayed in touch that whole time. And he was like, well, we're going to, I'm going to figure it out. We're going to, we're going to, you know, I was like, we're just kind of plotting to see how we could get back together, you know, like how Mm -hmm. we could coach a team together, you know? And then I went to, uh, I ended up going to Budapest coaching Levi Haynes. Um, who's now going to Penn state. He was an M2 kid. And I went to Budapest with him for cadet worlds and coach Pritz, the other assistant coach was on the trip as well. You know, and we just, we hung out quite a bit, spent a lot of time together and just, you know, hit it off. And he was like, Oh, he's like, we got to talk, man. We got to talk. And I was like, Oh, what? <laughs> he was like, what do we need to talk about? Um, and then, you know, he kind of called me, Pritz called me and was like, you know, Perry's, Perry kind of wants to do the RTC full-time. So, you know, Zeke should be calling you soon. You know, I don't know who else they called or who else they interviewed and stuff for the position, but I pretty much landed on Monday from Budapest and I flew out on Friday to Arizona state to interview, took the job on Sunday. And my wife and I were out here two weeks later looking at houses and we moved out a month later. So like all in the span of like six weeks. Wow. And was she just, was she totally on board with it or uh, I mean, that's moments. a, I was going to say, that's a big, it's a big cross country move. There were some moments. There's definitely some moments, but mm-hmm. I mean, 
she likes it now, you know, yeah. she, she likes it now. Yeah. Uh, and we, and we love it here. You know, it's like, it's hot now and it's kind of tough. Um, you know, the summers are hard, but you don't have to shovel. Or Zeke said to me one time, like, I was like, man, it's hot. And he's like, oh, you don't have to shovel sunshine. And I was like, that's a, that's a great point. You know, <laughs> my last, cause my last winter in state college, I mean, it, it snowed probably over the course of like two weeks, probably like 60 inches, maybe more. It was yeah. ungodly amount of snow. And I'm like out in this, like a horseshoe driveway. And I'm just out there like, oh my God, this is it. <laughs> like, this is awful, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, you know, kind of coming out here and getting to check it out and, and be out here. I was like, yeah, I could kind of get behind this. Mm-hmm. And where, where's sure your you, you, I'm sure, you know, man, it, it's like weird being from like a smaller place. Right. And you kind of end up in a bigger city, like Omaha is big. And, and you kind of are like some of the, um, access to things that you wouldn't have access to is really nice. Yeah. Right? Like a, like a quick meal, like something good. And you're like, well, that was easy. That's mm-hmm. nice. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where's your wife from? She's from the North suburbs of Chicago. Okay. So, um, like those Northwest suburbs up there, but her parents actually live in Northeast Pennsylvania now. Oh, okay. Um, but so we've been kind of, we, she went out there. She's lucky. She got to go out there for like three weeks this summer when it was like, it was grueling hot here. Mm-hmm. It was hot. It was like mm-hmm. one, 110 to 115 every day, but <laughs> it was, it was all right. I mean, she got to go there and, and spend time. She's a teacher uh, or not mm-hmm. really a teacher. She's an administrator at one of the uh, at Mesa school district out here. So she got time to to go out there and stuff. So it kind of works out. Um, mm-hmm. Our kids getting to do, go do farm stuff and stuff, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good. Yeah. As aside from doing the pool stuff in your backyard. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Do, you have, do you have a pool? We don't, but no. our, our neighbors right across the street have one and they're like, come use it. Please come use it. Cause their kids are a little bit older and don't use mm-hmm. it as much. And we'll, so we're over there a lot. Yeah. Do you actually, do you have grass down there? Or is it all? I have turf in my backyard and I have rocks in the front. So yeah. no, no grass. I mean, people do. I just, and I was like, hey, here's my thought process. What was going to happen? If I would have gotten real grass put down out here, I would have gotten that weird obsession, like weird dad obsession with it. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> impossible to keep grass alive here. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a full-time job. So I was like, I oh, was put down some turf. Call yeah. it a day. How do you handle those really hot days? You know, like, I, I have no idea how you do it. You're inside a lot. Um, or if you're not, you're near a pool. You know, I've gone, I've actually started like trying to run at like, like noon or something. I'll try and get up earlier and run. Mm-hmm. I'll take our dogs for a walk at like five thirty six. So we have a bulldog and uh, <laughs> like a beagle mix. So like, it's like a little bit cooler then and walk them. But yeah, I mean, there's moments to it where it's like, this is tough, but then you just kind of like, you know, I'm not from like California where it's a little bit nicer. So yeah, I was, rem- I just remember it being like negative 40 for two weeks, my junior year of college and being like, I'm okay. I'm all right. Yeah. You know, and that's really only for like a month, a month here where it is, it is like kind of aggressively hot, but even, you know, like what'll happen is it'll get that hot and then uh, a boom or a or a monsoon will come through mm-hmm. and it won't, and it'll kind of 
kind of take care of some of that stuff. Yeah, because I think didn't that just happen? You were talking. Yeah, about, yeah, we had a pretty crazy storm on Saturday. It was wild, and it and it like comes through quick. It's like a dust storm. It starts getting real like dusty, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my gosh! So you got to run, get to your car. We're at the pool, at the like one of the public pools nearby, and and you try you get in your car real quick and you get going. And it's like and then it starts pouring, and it, and it actually rained for like probably three hours on Saturday. It was awesome. <laughs> It's awesome. Three hours of rain. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, to be yeah. honest, I wish it would rain here. That's where like that humidity reaches like a fever pitch in Iowa, right? Where you're like, <laughs> you're like, Oh, it needs to rain. Cause you just like feel the stickiness on you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you miss it back here much at all or uh, moments and aspects of it? Yeah. Uh, you know, but you know, for me, it's, it's kind of part of like, you're going through this process yeah. and doing these things and, so you can't really, I don't have time to miss it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were you, did you come back to the, um, was it the 10 year reunion for, for your team? The Waverly Yeah. For Waverly. yeah. You come back for that. Yep. I was, uh, I was still at state college. I was still at Penn state then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I came back for it. That was the hardest thing about state college for me is like trying to fly to Des Moines or Cedar Rapids. It was like so expensive because it's like tiny airport, big airport, tiny airport. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. you know but so here the phoenix it's like we direct flight from everywhere it's a huge airport mm-hmm. yes yes all right man sounds all good right. i'll talk to you soon yep thanks man see ya. Go do my will go tell that long tongue liar go and tell that midnight rider tell the rambler the gambler the backbiter tell him that god's gonna cut him down tell him that god's gonna cut him down Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Eric Thompson, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. I'm also happy to announce you can now find the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast on Amazon Music and Audible, so be sure to check it out on those platforms. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat to hear more of my content. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care, and we will see you next time. Tell them that God's gonna cut you down.